Welcome to the Fat Guys with Smokers podcast. I'm Mike. And I'm John. We're a couple of overweight barbecue enthusiasts trying to share our love for sweet, smoky food with the world. Thanks for hanging out with us as we talk about life, share recipes, successes, and failures that have all led to our love of cooking outdoors. Welcome back to uh, another episode of Fat Guys with Smokers. I'm John, and as always with me, I've got Mike. Hey, hey Happy Mike. to be here. Oh, I'm good, man. How are you doing? Um, I'm doing pretty good. Better now that we're talking about barbecue. Absolutely. It just makes the day go by so much better. I know, it's really true. I was, I was sitting at work and knew we had this episode kind of sketched out, and I was like, Mike. Mike, <laughs> when can we do this? Yeah. Yeah, I was pretty excited. Nice. Well, um, today we're we're going to talk a little bit about our arsenals. Uh, arsenals. Right. That sounds so hardcore. I yeah. love it. So, talk a little bit about all the grills we have there, but really start to get into the different types of cookers that are out there and... And hopefully help someone make a decision over this. And at least the next episode, maybe we'll stretch it out to three as we talk about different types, the pros, the cons. Um, But before we get into that, what is your go-to tool or accessory that you have to have when you cook on one of your, one of your cookers? All right. So I fought this a lot because it was kind of expensive and there's less expensive versions out there. But my wife got me a Thermapen for Christmas last year. And I'm going to be honest, it lives up to the name. Like, it's a game changer. It was nice. Before that, I was using um, just a cheap meat thermometer I picked up at the store. You had to wait. Once you, like, put the probe in, you had to wait, like, five minutes for it to get an accurate reading. And it was just, I mean, this thing, you just slide it in. It tells you the temp immediately and you can check all your different pieces like i really like it i didn't think i would like it as much as i do so not sponsored by thermopen or anything but it is pretty awesome yeah not yet yeah thermopen if you're listening you're welcome well uh we'll start a competition between thermopen and thermopro Mm. thermopro is the the brand that i've used for a long time and Mm -hmm. uh, i have looked at thermopen but have always been too chicken to to spend the money on on one yeah and that's why it was nice that it was a christmas gift because that's how i've been too like i couldn't justify it but i can justify my wife giving it to me for christmas there you, you go know? and it's funny we like i won't even think twice about dropping a hundred dollars on a on a cut of meat yeah <laughs> but i'm like freaking out about a, a 70 dollar oh thermometer. yeah 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 well and you know i don't know there's a lot more fun with the meat, but the thermometer sure is nice. So no, they're super nice. Yeah. Um, what about you? My go-to is super low tech, um, and it came out of desperation. One day, I I was trying to get uh, brisket off the grill, and I couldn't find my gloves, and mm-hmm. um, I grabbed a pizza peel. What is a pizza peel? So like the giant spatula. That you would take pizzas in and out of a pizza oven. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, That's actually a really good idea. Oh, it's awesome. 
Yeah. It's a game changer. So I've got a, a little wood fired pizza oven that somebody gave me. Uh, and it's awesome. It's fun. We should talk about that one day. Oh, yeah. But some somebody had also given me a pizza peel to go with it. And it's like, I think, 14 inches wide, like 16 inches long. Oh, wow. Um, but the nice thing about it is, is it's got like an 18-inch wood handle on it. So you can like grab it down at the base and use the rest of your arm oh, yeah. as a cantilever. Get a little leverage, huh? Slip it under a brisket, carry it into the house like it's... It's a game changer for your big cuts of meat, and it makes makes it so much better than trying to pick something up that's going to fall apart and get it into a pan. You just so that's awesome. I would never have thought of doing that, but now that you're saying that, that makes a lot of sense. I've seen people use like way oversized spatulas for like pork butts and stuff. Yeah, this is but a like brisket is a amplified. total animal, huh? That's awesome. Yeah, and I found um. I found a couple of them on Amazon, like super cheap too. Like oh, really? Fifteen bucks. Oh. Well, now we're talking. Yeah, I'm all about the the cheap Amazon find. Yeah, that'll take care of the job for you for sure. So for sure, that's my that's my go to accessory, um, especially at like three o'clock in the morning when I'm pulling a brisket off to wrap it, and I don't want to wake Kaylee up because. There are a few things that terrify me more than waking my wife up in the middle of the night. <laughs> I think we can all relate to that. So, hey, you know what? <laughs> she got up with three kids. Anytime they cried, ever made a noise. Um, I think she has earned the right to to be a little scary when you wake her up Absolutely. in the middle of the night. No, that's how Whitney is, too. All right. Well, Mike, what's, uh, what's in your arsenal? Tell us about your cookers. Sure. Well, I mean, a lot of mine come from... I don't know. Necessity, I guess. I uh I mean we talked on the first episode how we got into this and that has a lot to do with with why I use what I use. Um and I talked about how I didn't have a ton of money and didn't want to drop a lot of money just getting into the hobby. And so I built my own drum. And I mean we're talking ugly drum smoker and it was it lived up to its name. I uh, got a free barrel from my friend that worked at the metal recycling place here in town. He got me some expanded metal, some rebar, and I bent the rebar into a circle, welded the expanded metal onto it, and that was my grill grate. Um, and so that's that's my, I call that the OG. That's my first smoker, uh, and I've cooked a lot of stuff on it. Um, I think that's awesome, though. There's like a whole culture around the ugly drum smoker. Oh yeah, man. People are hardcore. Yeah. It's a uh, and I and you know, it's a lot of fun. The problem with it and really the only gripe I had with it is I never really wanted to try a big cut of meat like a brisket or even a a big pork butt just because it's a little more high maintenance. Like I remember the first time I was trying to manage the fire and get the heat up like i'd get down and blow in the little pipe nipples that i had at the bottom to try to up the fire i don't think it did anything but blow ash all over the food but once you get it down it's a lot like our pig pit like once you figure out that it's just going to hold its temp it really does pretty well so that that's the og that's what i've used i mean that's going on eight nine years now um and then when i did the barbecue competition last summer, 
I couldn't think of a good name. My brother was going to do it with me. And the name we came up with was Drum Brothers. So to kind of live up to our gimmick, uh, I needed another drum. And so I uh, talked to my father-in-law, who's a farmer, and he had a rusty old barrel out on his farm. And I kind of was talking to him about, eh, you know, I'd like to make a new one. I'm wondering about buying one. He's like, oh, don't go buy one. You know how old farmers are. Like, they're <laughs> not going to spend money. Yeah. And they do, man. He, like, pulled some crusher screen off of an old, uh, like, asphalt plant that he had lying around and made me a little fire basket. Like, it was actually pretty cool. Um, but anyway, we built another one. And I didn't really know how to um it was last winter that we were building it and i didn't really know how to you know keep them apart so i decided to paint this one white and so we called it betty white because betty white had just died so we wanted to pay homage to her i guess that's awesome yeah betty white's amazing yeah (laughs) so i've got two drum smokers and then uh during covid us brave high school teachers got a little extra money from the government, I guess. I don't know if it was a state or a federal thing, but they gave us a little extra money and we were actually sitting in a good spot. And my wife said, you know, you've wanted a pellet grill for a long time. Why don't you just go ahead and get one? And so I did a little research and and maybe we'll talk about this another time, but did a, a lot of research and ended up settling on a Gorilla Silverback. Um, and I've been pretty happy with that. And right after I bought it, um, I got the, they didn't have Wi-Fi for it, but right after I bought it, they came out with the Wi-Fi controller board and I was really bummed, but then they sent us all an email and was like, Hey, you bought one within, I don't know how long it was like literally three months. They were like, so if you want to, we'll put you at the top of our waiting list. So they sent me a Wi-Fi controller board. I mean, I still had to pay for it, but, and then just switch that out. So it's got Wi-Fi on it. It's kind of nice to be able to sit inside and check your temps and stuff. So. No, that's super cool. And I, I remember when, when you bought this Mm -hmm. and I swear we talked about different grills for weeks as you were trying to figure out what you were going to buy. We had some long, deep conversations. Oh, don't remember. We're going to have one tonight all about pellet grills. (laughs) Um, that's where, that's where we're going to start. But what was, what was the tipping point for you on the gorilla? Sure. So I, I mean, I was nervous to spend, you know, the money that it takes to buy a a pellet grill. And so I, I think I overdid my research and got in my head and I couldn't decide. I think I was thinking about doing a rec tech just mostly because they looked cool. And the thing is when you look online for these research like when you're researching products online, people like what they like and hate hate everything yeah, else. Exactly. That's out there. So everything you see is like this is the best, nothing else matters. And and so I was really, you know, I was worried and stuff, but honestly the tipping point was I was listening to Malcolm Reed's podcast. Uh, Malcolm Reed over at How to Barbecue Right. We talked about how he's my kind of barbecue idol. And he had this thing, they started a Facebook group and you could ask questions on it. And he answered my question on his podcast. And I felt like a celebrity. And maybe there were 15 people that asked the same question, but I just said, 
hey, thinking about getting a pellet grill, what would you recommend? And he recommended the Gorilla, which I have, I mean, I've done, I had researched and was thinking about and stuff. And he was like, man, for the price, I don't think there's anything better out there. Um, and so obviously I still overanalyzed and everything. And then that's kind of really was the tipping point where I settled on the Gorilla. And I've been really happy with it. Um, so I have no regrets. I think if Malcolm Reed answered my question, he could have told me that the only thing I could have bought was a Yoder and I would have figured out a way to move heaven and earth to, to buy a Yoder happen. if Malcolm Reed told me to buy one. I will say in all my research, Yoder kind of seemed like the Cadillac of the, of the world, but they were out of my price range, I'm afraid. So, uh, I don't know whose price range they're not. Right. Of. Like, right. Yoders are. They are the premium brand. They are the Rolls Royce of, I think, all things smokers. Yeah, they're sweet. Um, anyway, so I've got the two drums. I've got the Gorilla Silverback. And then I've got a 22-inch Weber kettle that I got a couple Christmases ago. My wife just gets me, man. Like, she knows what I like. So, I got that. And I really like that. It's a lot of fun. And, like... I hadn't had a ton of experience with charcoal except for with my drum. Um, and so it's been kind of fun to practice that, but also to kind of, I don't want to say perfect it, but I'm getting pretty good at it. And I, a steak on that Weber is significantly better than a steak on my cheap little gas grill that I have. So big fan, big fan of the Weber kettle. That's awesome. Yeah. I, uh, I like the Weber kettle. I, I have the 18 inch. That was, I think we talked about this. That's this right. Was, you did bring that up. Yeah, yeah. This was like my, my first grill as like a married man had my own, like mm-hmm. went old nostalgia, um, and bought the Weber kettle. I really wish I could have afforded the 22 inch at the time. Like the 18 yeah. is 18 great. It's fine when I'm cooking for a couple of people, but like, there's no way I'm going to cook a full meal for my family of five right on that 18 inch and you wouldn't think that four inches would make that much of a difference but it really does it's come on mike you're a math teacher i know i understand i'm I'm pretty sure you even taught geometry or actively teach geometry i do indeed i do indeed you understand the difference between diameters and areas and all that fun stuff i certainly do but when you just say the number, I mean, I, I don't know that people really realize it. But yeah, love the Weber kettle. You always go for the large pizza. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess, so I've got a couple of other ones too. Obviously, I've got that 18-inch Weber. Um, my primary smoker right now is a Traeger Ironwood 885. Um it was just too stupid good of a deal that I, I got on Facebook Marketplace. Like, my wife gets nervous when she sees me open Facebook. Yeah. Because she knows I'm going to the Marketplace, and she there is no guessing what I'm going <laughs> to find on there. Um, but I found this this Ironwood 885. Like, it's a $1,500, $1,800 grill. Yeah. Um, someone had just posted it for $600. They were getting ready to move. It looked pristine. And I was like, I'm on the way. Like, wow. send, send me an address. Um, and I got down there. And the guy was like, yeah, like, 
it just takes a really long time to get hot and like the burgers we had on it weren't all that good so we just want to get rid of it what he had used it twice what there was nothing wrong with it there was nothing wrong with it all i was was like i was like this is a this is a smoker like oh how dare he and i think (laughs) like he missed one of the most important like Lessons that I hope people take away as we talk about, like, how to pick your first grill. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, the Ironwood 885 on the box says it'll go to 500 degrees. I've had... <coughs> oh, excuse me. Um, I have had mine all the way up to 550. Mm-hmm. I would never try and just cook a burger on it. Yeah. Like, different tools for different jobs. Yeah. There's... And you've got to understand what you want to do, how much time you're going to spend on a normal cook. Uh-huh. Um, and if you can't answer those questions, you're not ready to buy your first grill. Oh, man. This guy clearly wasn't, and <laughs> I am more than happy to have taken advantage no of No kidding, man. You lucked out. Yeah. So that's my primary grill. <laughs> and that's, I mean, that's crazy that that guy, I want to just like shake him. Like, what That's were you thinking? E- that is not even the craziest deal I've gotten on a grill before. Ugh. Um, So, th- that 885 replaced my Century 34. So, the Century 34 was like the Costco special model um, that Traeger ran for a long time. Okay. I'm not um, familiar with that one. It, it's very similar to their their texas elite 34 what is now the pro 34 Mm, okay um basically the same functionality just it had a different shaped body on it and was a costco exclusive okay um but my my parents and my grandparents got together and decided they were going to buy me a bigger traeger Mm. um because and i still have this i I just used it the other day to um, cook some cream cheese. But I, I started with a Traeger Junior, which is a little 22-inch Traeger pellet grill. That oh, yeah. It's fantastic. Like, still does everything I need it to. Um, but I was starting to get pretty big into smoking. And when we started trying to cook really big meals, and you know, I tried to do a turkey the first time in that trigger junior like it's just not big enough for it mm-hmm. so we went down to trigger was doing this big warehouse sale and like the idea was it's a scratch and dent sale like some of it was returned some of it had just been damaged in shipping mm-hmm. i was like okay like that's cool no big deal um knew what i was getting into went down there found this 34 inch trigger it's 400 bucks it's like a $800 grill. Like I was pretty pumped about it. Right. Um, but the box kind of looked like it had fallen off the back of a semi. Oh, shoot. And I talked to the guy there. He's like, he's like, yeah, the box is beat up. Everything is guaranteed that it will be functional. Mm. I was like, he's like, if you have problems, just call customer service. They'll take care of you. I was like, okay, like I'll take it. It was the last one there. Um, it was like Black Friday, but with the barbecue crowd. Oh, yeah. Like, everybody was really nice. <laughs> like, we were all out joking, having a good time in the line. Um, 
But we get this, I get it home, and right in the middle of the lid, man, it looked like someone had taken a baseball bat. Oh, man. And just pounded on this, on this grill. So there was like a four inch gap between the lid and the body of the grill. Oh yeah. That's a problem. Yeah. Never would have held heat. Hmm. And I called Traeger and they were super cool. Um, but it was, it was a grill that they were discontinuing Mm -hmm. and they were like, yeah, like it's going to be six weeks before, or no, maybe it was longer than that. It was like six months, I think. Oh man! That they told me that they were, they were backordered on that lid. Oh bummer! I was like, oh come on, like you guys make thirty fours now, like just give me a, like no, like we have to replace it with the same part and yada yada yada. Mm. I was like, oh man, it was right around my birthday, at the end of September. I was really hoping to be able to use it for Thanksgiving. Um, and I like told him my sob story. And she was like, wait, so you've never used it before? I was like, no, I have. Like, it's like. I just got it. Like, it's not even put together. There's a giant (laughs) dent in the, in the lid. Like, like it's not functional. I can't use it. And she's like, well, if it's not functional, I'll just send you a new grill. Oh. And I was like, I hate you. (laughs) No, trust me. You don't hate me as much as you are here in about two minutes when I tell you the rest of the story. Um. I don't even know if I want to tell you the rest of the story because I'm probably going to get this poor lady in trouble with Traeger. Um, she's like, yeah, like I'll, I'll just send you a label. You can send us the old old one back and I'll send you a warranty replacement grill. And I was like, like this was at the, like at the warehouse closeout. Like, like I knew what I was buying. Like I just, I was, you know, I'm even happy to buy the lid. Mm-hmm. Can you help me out? Um, and she's like, yeah, 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 don't worry about it. Like, I'm just going to send you a grill. She's like, in the box, there'll be a label to send the old one back. I got the new grill. Nice. No label oh. to send the old one back. Uh-huh. And I like, I called Traeger three or four different times trying to convince them that I needed to send this old grill back. <laughs> and for the life of me, could not convince them. So I walked away from the Traeger sale. Not with one, but with two 34-inch grills for $400. That would never work out for me. That's Um, awesome. And I mean, it was... I'd actually... I'd forgotten about this part of the story. So my father-in-law runs a body shop um, in Salt Lake. He's retired now, but yeah. Like, he took one look at the lid and he's like, give me a sledgehammer and a couple of two-by-fours. I was like... Okay. okay. <laughs> All right, Dad. Whatever it's you not say. Not always what you want to hear from your father-in-law. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> not always a comforting fact. And in, I kid you not, like five minutes, he had pounded this thing out, and it looked great. Really? It was fantastic. That's sick. Um, but fast forward to early January, and I get this notification from FedEx that I've got a package coming. So USPS, FedEx, UPS, you can like sign up for their app and right. you put in your address. And when something shows up that it's coming to you, it like says, Hey, you've got a package being delivered. And I was like, I haven't ordered anything. Like what the heck? Mm. Uh, Traeger sent me a new lid for the original, <laughs> what <laughs> for the original grill from the, like the original, 
I, she had put in the order. I don't know what happened. All That's I know is I awesome. tried to do everything I could. Um, to but, not be dishonest yeah, and I, take advantage. But. but, man, I took advantage. So, my dad now has one of the Century 34s that mm-hmm. he cooks on all the time. Um, and then I had one until I bought this um, Ironwood 885. Um, and one of the conditions of Haley letting me bring home the grill was that I got rid of another grill. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, and it was actually a really hard decision on which one I was going to get rid of. But I ended up getting... Um, to my buddy Spencer, I, I can't imagine that if we keep doing this podcast, he doesn't end up being a part of this conversation at some mm-hmm. point. Um, but he's got the original Century 34 that I had. Oh, right on. And his wife says it's the best investment he ever made that she hasn't had to cook a Sunday dinner since he bought it. <laughs> and That's awesome. So that's probably the best deal I ever got on a grill. Well, and you, you maybe you don't remember this, but my brother... We went to Home oh, Depot. Yeah. Do you remember this? We went to Home Depot, and I can't remember. It seems like we were there for something else, but he was looking at the Traegers that they had on display out front, and one of them had a dent yeah. in it. it looked the like only a hammer he liked. Yeah. little tiny like pebble dent. Yeah. John walks by out of nowhere. We didn't even know that he was... I mean, we didn't plan this. You just walked by, and we were like, hey, you're a Traeger guy. Let me ask you, is this a good model? Blah, blah, blah. I think it was the seven Pro 780 or something. Yeah, it's a it's a 34-inch. It's the same size as same the Century. Same thing, then. Okay. Anyway, so he's looking at that, and you're like, well, why don't you just go in and tell them there's a dent and see if they'll knock some money off the price? And he was like, okay. And, I mean, me and my dad like were like, okay, well, we're, we don't want to be a part of this in case it gets awkward. And my brother just marches in there, and they knock 20% off of the grill for him. So we get it home, and then he contacts Traeger, and he wasn't dishonest. He said, hey, I got this at Home Depot. They gave me a discount on it. Uh, what What is it going to cost me for a new lid? And they sent him a free new lid. Like, customer service there is phenomenal. Dude, Traeger is, they have fantastic customer service. Yeah. Like, anytime I've ever reached out to them, they have gone above and beyond and solved any problem I had. Mm. And, it, like, it kills me when I see... Because, like we said, like people either love this stuff or yep. they hate it, uh-huh. and so many people just bash their customer service. Hmm. But it has been nothing but fantastic for me. Yeah, I have a hard time seeing how it would be bad, but you know, I guess it depends on the person you get and the day they're having and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, hmm. all right. So I, I guess let me finish running through my arsenal really quick, and yeah. then let's dive into pellet grills. So I've got the eight eighty five. Talked about my Traeger Junior. Um, I also have a pit barrel cooker. Oh yeah. Which is like the mass manufactured ugly drum smoker type of a concept. It's, but it's pretty. I like the looks of those. It's pretty. It is as close to repeatable as you can get in a, what I will call a dumb smoker. Mm. Um, they've done an awesome job with that product. Yeah. Um, and like it was cheap, I think it was three hundred bucks. Yeah, you can buy them on Amazon. Get your five percent back with your Prime card. Like, mm. and another company that just has fantastic cus- customer service. I uh, I was struggling with heat control on it. Like, made some comment on on Instagram, and like ended up having a conversation with like 
their support person through Instagram. They reach out and they're like, hey, like, tell me what's going on here. Let's oh, fix really? it. It's, yeah, really proactive. Huh. Group. That's awesome. A small family owned veteran business. Like, mm-hmm. it's really cool. Um, hmm. What's a prime card? Uh, a prime, just the, it's a Chase Prime credit card. I've never even heard of this thing. Oh, yeah, man. Like for Amazon Prime? Uh-huh. Really? If you have an Amazon Prime membership, you get 5% back in Amazon what? points. That's yeah. awesome. I'm going to have to do a little research in that. Sorry, go on. Well, if you are, let me know. I'll send you a referral code so <laughs> I can get some extra points. Uh, but no, I, it paid for like half of my Christmas this no, year. It that's was awesome. awesome. Um, and then it, I've still got a Weber gas grill. Um, oh, yeah. You know, you talked about cooking steaks on, on charcoal. I love to do a reverse sear, like smoke, put it on my Traeger, smoke it till it's, you know, 110, 120. Mm-hmm. And then I use my gas grill to sear. Like yeah. You just, especially hot and fast. If I'm doing burgers, hot dogs, even a lot of like chicken breasts and stuff, mm-hmm. that goes on my gas grill. Yeah. Does it have the flavor? Does it have the blah, 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 blah? It doesn't, but the gas grill for coming home, having a, f- a quick, fast meal. Right. You can't beat a, a good gas grill. Right. I forgot I have a gas grill too, but it's just a cheap Walmart. And Whitney wanted that. Like, she was like, the the Weber kettle's neat for you, but I need something that I can come out, start up immediately, and cook some hot dogs for the kids or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, they definitely have their place. I'm not knocking gas grills at all. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing that's out on my deck a ton is my Camp Chef two burner, like camp grill. Oh, that uh, I've I've got a big griddle for. That before the the cool kids at Blackstone showed up with their <laughs> their fancy griddles, that's how us hillbillies used to do it. Is yeah. you know, put the griddle out on the Camp Chef and. Um, so do you want a Blackstone, or do you think that kind of takes the place of it? No, I really do want a Blackstone. I want a Blackstone, too. but um, And I don't care if it's a Blackstone. Camp Chef's got some. Um, there's actually another one. I think it's Loco that I've seen that. on on a couple of videos that just looks super good looking. Like yeah. Powder coated, white. Like It's a really mm. sharp looking grill. Okay. But they're... They're crazy expensive. Yeah. There's actually a, a four burner um, flat top for like 200 bucks at Sam's Club mm. that I've almost picked up four or five different times. I've thought about getting a Blackstone <laughs> a few times. And I've got one of those camp chefs. I just don't use it very often. What do you use it for? Um, so with the griddle, especially if like we talked about like my parents live around the corner. If everyone mm-hmm. comes over for breakfast, oh yeah, man, hash browns out there, eggs, bacon, sausage. Like I can cook way faster out there than I can in the house. Yeah, that's way. And better. then the house doesn't stink all day. Right, doesn't stink up the house. Um, I'm also a big fan of Philly, uh, like Philly sandwiches yeah. or um, steak and peppers. Oh, those are great on the flat top. Okay. And then during the summer, like Haley does a ton of canning and it, when it's a hundred degrees outside and then you sit and you boil water in the house for right. six hours because she's processing all these jars. Yeah. Like it becomes unbearable to mm-hmm. be anywhere but in the basement. Um, so she's started just doing a ton of that outside too. Oh. Um, 
I've got one of those, like I said, but it just it comes camping with us, and then it sits in my garage. I should just put it on the deck and yeah, I got a little use it. I got a little all weather cover for it that I take it down in the winter just sure. because it's so cold and it doesn't have a lid, so I don't use it as often. Yeah, um, but during the summer, it's normally just out on my deck and mm. put a cover over the top of it. I need to start uh, utilizing that more. Yeah, I haven't had any issues with rust. Hmm. So, um. But so we've, I think between us, we've hit on almost all of these except for maybe one or two. And when you go to pick your first grill, there are a couple of things that you've got to think through. You know, there are a bunch of different kinds. We, you know, we've talked about pellet grills. We've talked about drums, gas grills. Um, there's Kamado grills, you know, big green egg, big ceramic yeah. cookers which I have never used, but I'm highly intrigued by. That's on my list. I would love to have a big green egg or yeah. some kind of those Kamado grills. Yeah. Then there, there are offsets, which I think are largely where it all started in terms of smoking. Mm-hmm. That Your dad just bought one. Yes. Which we're going to talk about next time. Yes. That I want to know all of the details about. Oh, absolutely. Um, and then... We debated of even putting this on the list, but there are electric smokers. Yeah. They're there. Yeah, there they are a lot of reasons. Like, I am sure there's a great use for them somewhere. Yeah. I have yet to see it done well, and they just it's just not my thing. I've never used one, but I've never talked to anybody that has that was super happy with it. Yeah. So... I, I think they're fairly inexpensive. Uh-huh. Um, they're really easy to build because you essentially need a hot plate and a pan of water. Right, right. Um, so I think that's like a lot of people get into entry level homemade smokers mm-hmm. with the electric. Sure. I just. And I guess you could argue that it would be consistent because it's a heating element, but. the I, I would argue the temperature is consistent. I would argue that the flavoring smoke control is a whole different animal. Right. You were talking about this earlier. The temperature is a big deal with that smoke. And we can't really see a heating element getting hot enough to produce good, clean smoke, right? Yeah. So in all of these things, and there's a ton of research that you can read up on about clean smoke and dirty smoke. Like, mm-hmm. And oh, you know it when you taste it, yeah, for it, sure. When a, you get a smoker running right, it runs with like this white-blue smoke. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the smell and the flavor that everyone's chasing. Right. If your fire is not hot enough, it's that gray, puffy, even black smoke mm-hmm. that you see going. Yeah. And it's got a horrible, sooty taste to it. It's really bitter. Yep. Um that the way most electrics are designed, yeah, I just I don't see being able to consistently get the wood, even if you can get the heat and the element mm-hmm. to the right temperature. I don't see being able to get the wood to the right spot where that it would it would give off that smoke. Yeah, and I mean, like I say, I've never used one, so if you're listening to us thinking that we're ridiculous, you know, leave a comment, whatever. Yeah, call us. Come out. at us. That's totally fine. Because I'm just speaking from what I've heard and what I would imagine, but not yeah. from experience on this one. 
Yeah, I don't think I've ever talked with anyone with an electric smoker that's like, <laughs> I've got the best barbecue. Right, you right. Go, you go to these cookouts and these competitions, tons of offsets, you see... Uh-huh. You see barrels. You even yep. see a lot of pellet cookers these yep. days. I've never seen an electric smoker at any of these. Nor have I. So, But like you said, they are relatively inexpensive. So a good entry level, I guess, if you're getting used to it. But I tell you what, I built my barrel for almost free. So, And I am a big fan. Yeah. Well, should we talk about pellet smokers first? Let's do it. You are super nerdy about pellet smokers. Like we were talking about, I mean, I mean this in a good way. I'm not trying to offend you. We were talking about when I was trying to get one, I mean, we had long conversations about the nitty gritty of the control (laughs) boards and, you know, what is happening on the burner and everything. So you take the reins on this one and I will ask questions when I am confused. Okay. Well, I will have you know, as nerdy as I am about these pellet smokers, um, and I think it's because, like you, when I bought my first my first pellet smoker, man, we were dirt poor. We were so poor. Um, I say poor, like I we have never been poor yeah. in our marriage. Like we've been super <laughs> fortunate, super blessed. Um, so I I shouldn't even say it that way. But we we drove down to Salt Lake. Mm-hmm. I borrowed my in-laws Costco card <laughs> to go to the Costco road show that Traeger was doing. Nice. Um, to buy this, to buy this little Traeger. Um, I think I spent like $275 on it. Oh. And I remember like the whole drive home, Haley just like sitting there and like, she's too nice of a person to ever really like, be like what are you thinking <laughs> yeah but she's also a terrible poker player <laughs> and she knew i really wanted this and really really wanted to get into smoking um mm-hmm. it was something my dad always said he wanted to do and like i just like i wanted to be able to like be in a barbecue right so she smiled and was nice and <laughs> and then her head was going what did yeah. we just do yeah so <laughs> But I, I did research for weeks and days and like really got into to some of the nerdy stuff. But even as we got ready for this episode, I learned some, some cool stuff about pellet grills. Mm. Um, Do tell. Yeah, so you, anyone who says that nothing good comes out of hard times, like just doesn't get it. Um because the pellet grills really came out of the oil crisis that happened in the seventies with all the wars that were going on and gasoline rations and oil rations. Mm -hmm. Um, Oil had been a primary heating source for a lot of homes, especially in, you know, the Pacific Northwest and, you know, some of the Northern parts of the country oil was a, was a, was a primary heating source because yeah. You could have the oil delivery. You didn't have to be connected to, you know, some infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, all of a sudden, oil sh- oil rations come around and people are trying to figure out how to heat their homes. So, Joe Traeger and, let's see, what was this other guy's name? Jerry Whitefield. Um, 
Joe ran a, a home heating company out of his barn in Oregon. Jerry was a, an engineer at Boeing. And the two of them had been trying to figure out how to use these new wood pellets that people were producing mm-hmm. to build a stove that would consistently feed in and and heat a home. Now that you're saying this, I remember my aunt and uncle had one of these. It, yeah. j- it heated their, like they didn't smoke anything with it, but it ran off pellets and they just fed it pellets and it heated their entire home. I mean, they lived in a trailer they were just starting out but i've forgotten all about this until you're saying this yeah so that's where trigger got its start was actually in in the pellet stoves for heating for heating a house uh. yeah and i mean pellet stoves are still a thing today yeah like, it's a very efficient it's actually a pretty clean way to heat your home too hmm. um but that's where where they got their start and in the 80s after he'd been doing this for a while he was like I think I can use this to cook meat and design built patented the, the first pellet smoker in 1986 and you know mm. had a patent on it. So for the next 20 years, Traeger was the only name of the business. They were the only pellet grills. They had the patent on it. Nobody else could, oh. could t- touch the technology. So the early two thousands come around and things kind of explode. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get all these other other brands that come into the in the market. We talked about Yoder. I mean, Yoder got its start on offset smokers. They yeah. are like Yoder is the grandpa of of the smoking world. Like, yeah, you don't argue with them. <laughs> like, they know their business, so <laughs> anything they put their name on is gold. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really like. I think of Traeger as like the leader in the industry. There are some others that have come into the marketplace that mm-hmm. I think are right there with them and, and give them a healthy competition. Um, Green Mountain Grills, I've been super impressed with. Um, Camp Chef, who... Camp Chef's come a long way, haven't they've they? They've come I, a really long way. I mean, from, I don't think their first ones were overly impressive, but now I, I think they're pretty competitive. Yeah, I haven't used any of their new ones. The first ones... You know, it, we talked about Danny yeah. the other day. Danny had a first gen mm-hmm. camp chef that he he loved, like he did, and Danny cooked great food on it. Um, yeah. But I I was not a huge fan of their first gen ones. It was a really um, thin gauge metal. They still mm. use um, powder coated steel instead of using uh, the cold forge steel like Green uh-huh. Mountain and and Traeger do. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I, I know tons of people that have them and they love them. Part of it's, you know, they're based in Northern Utah. Traeger is now based in Salt Lake city. Mm -hmm. Um, so those two companies kind of go head to head with each other. And we see a lot of that. Isn't Green Mountain Grill somewhere in Utah too? Uh, they're in Reno. Oh, really? So So it's still close. Yeah, it's close, but they're, uh, they're based out of, out of Nevada. Okay. Um, and then the the other name that I should say I I've never used before, mm-hmm. um, but I've seen them at Walmart and kind of get the same feel for from their earlier grills um, is Pit Boss. Yeah, 
So there's pit See boss, a lot of those. and depending on where you are in the country, they're also called Louisiana grills. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, they actually they stirred up a whole bunch of drama though, because Joe Traeger and his son in 2018 went to work for Pit Boss. What? In, in After they like grills. sold their business or what? Yeah. So in oh, and I should have written this down because I don't remember. Maybe I did write it down. I. I didn't. I think it was in 2008, but don't hold me to that. Shortly okay. after the original um, patent went out. Yeah. Traeger family sold their business to investment bankers. And as a part of that, they gave up their, their name. They gave up their... Um, Basically, all of their their rights to the Traeger name for advertising, and it's it went to one investment group, then it sold to another group. I think it's Trilantic, is the name of the name of the private equity group that owns Traeger today. It's run by Jeremy Andrus, okay. who um, I think he's done some really great things for the brand. But 2018 rolls around and Joe and his son go to work for Pit Boss and Pit Boss releases the Founders line <laughs> with a picture of Joe Traeger standing next to the family Traeger barn. Wow. On the box. <laughs> that uh, it turned into quite the fiasco. There were some lawsuits. Oh, yeah. Back and forth about... Um, brand infringement huh. but i haven't ever seen one i would love to get my hands on one just to see how it works and yeah if it's any good but i mean obviously walmart sells a ton of those grills yeah i see them at lowe's too yeah that i i think they're they're probably just an entry line mm -hmm. based on the quality of what i've seen and felt but this is another one people are going to add at, yeah, at us absolutely. All, all the time about how wonderful they are. Yeah. And hey, like I am a Traeger guy through and through. Mike's a Gorilla guy in the pellet world. Mm -hmm. um, at the end of the day, I don't really care what you use. Yeah. Um, as long as you're having fun and cooking and, and what you're getting off of it is good food and you're just not hating the experience because if you're hating the experience, you're either doing it wrong or you've got the wrong equipment. Right. Right. And I'll tell you what, I love my drums, but like I said, I hesitated to do big pieces of meat because of the maintenance required. And man, there's something, call it lazy, call it whatever you want, but there's something about setting the temperature and knowing that it's going to be relatively consistent and being able to just walk away and not have to sit there and, tend the fire and you know check my coals and slide my air vents and stuff like that like i'm a big fan i've heard some people call uh pellet grills the easy bake oven of the smoking world and i don't really care call it what you want but it's delicious and it's low maintenance and i'm kind of a fan so yeah there there's definitely some stigma around it whether it's real real smoking or not um but there there's a huge like just ease of function. Yeah. Um, yeah. The well, and, and, uh, like you were saying during the summer, it, 
it is almost a daily, like we cook pizzas on it. We cook chicken on it. Like, and my wife can just go out and turn it on. And it's pretty awesome. Pretty versatile. They're incredibly versatile. Yeah. Our oven doesn't get turned on in the summer. Yeah. Um, it, and look, you've got to clean them. You've got to, you can't cook a brisket on it tonight and then bake bread in it tomorrow. Right. Right. But if you, you know, rub down the grates, get those clean so there's not grease on them. You change out the, the foil on your drip pan. Mm-hmm. You can absolutely cook bread in there and not have it be super smoky or gross. Yeah. We've done breads. We've done cakes. We've done cookies um, and a ton of pizzas. Yeah. You were the one that told me, try Papa Murphy's on there. And I was skeptical, but it's phenomenal. Like, I'm a <laughs> big fan. So I moved to Utah in 2005. Um, had kind of lived all over the country. I think we, we talked about this at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, came out here to go to school, followed a buddy out here to Utah State. And everyone was like, oh, Papa Murphy's is so great. And I was like, what the heck's Papa Murphy's? <laughs> and it's a, it's a pizza chain here in Utah. Is it just Utah? I think it's like it's probably in Idaho, but like yeah. it's a very like Mountain West <laughs> brand. I've never seen this before. I thought it was like a national thing. Yeah, yeah. maybe it is, and I just like I've lived no, all over the country. Now you say that it wasn't in Wisconsin when I lived there. So, um, mm. but it, so it's a pizza chain where it's a take and bake. So they make a pizza raw, and you take it home and you put it in your oven. Yeah, but it. It's not any cheaper than Domino's. It's way cheaper than Pizza Hut. And it requires you to do the baking. Yeah, and I like just couldn't figure this out. I was like, why in the world (laughs) am I going to pay as much or sometimes more Mm -hmm. for a pizza that I then have to go home and cook myself? (laughs) You think of pizza, that's like the easiest possible meal. People bring it to you. You don't have to do anything. Papa Murphy's is not that way. Yeah, so I... I had the, like, I saw the light the first time, um, we had just had our first kid. Someone brought us a Papa Murphy's pizza. Like, it was kind of great because we just threw it in whenever we wanted. Yeah, that's true. It's not um, going to get cold. But I still just couldn't see myself spending money on one until I had, had my pellet grill. Mm-hmm. And then you go and you put it out there and now you've got wood fired pizza. Yeah. Which is game changing. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. So good. And the smoke taste is not severe. Like, because you have to cook that pizza at such a high temperature, it's not getting the smoky, smoky, smoky part. And it's just, man, it's good. Yeah, we were talking a little bit about this before with, like, temperature control. And, like, if you're too low on the heat, you get a sooty, bitter smoke. Mm -hmm. Once you go past, like, 225, really once you're past 250... This is, this is where the nerd in me really comes out. And part of this is, we're going to talk about pellets here in a second. Um, but once you go past that 225, 250, you're past the kindling point for mm-hmm. the oils in the woods. So that burns off before you ever get any of the flavor. And it truly is just a heat source. Yeah. So once you cook hot, and that's why you can do a cake, you can do bread, you can do cookies. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't taste the same as when it comes out of your oven, but it's not like, oh, just got to go get me some of that mesquite cake. Yeah, you don't have to dust the black off of it and yeah. 
Yeah. Yep. Um, but so we've kind of talked about the history of how the, the pellet grills came out. We've talked about some of the big name brands. Um, there are a bunch of newer brands popping up. I mean, Grillo's one. They're only mm-hmm. probably five years old at this point. Yeah. Rectech is another one that a little bit older than Grilla, but mm-hmm. um, they're really kind of internet-based companies that are building these grills. and Yeah, and that's kind of what they... I'm trying to think, like, direct-to-consumer, I think, is what mm-hmm. they call themselves. So they don't go through Amazon or the big box stores, and so they... They claim, and I think it's probably true, that they can get you a better deal that way because they don't have to like pay for shipping. Like When I ordered mine, I ordered it off of the Gorilla website, and then I had to wait for it to be delivered. It was brutal. Like I, I was like a little kid like checking the tracking number every day and just seeing when it was coming i can like we probably go through our text messages i still remember texting you like any update what's going on yeah and it was during covid when there was not very many delivery truck drivers and there was all that mess and it seems like there was a big storm that slowed it down i was dying but once it came it was pretty awesome but anyway uh yeah i mean i and i think that's kind of their thing is we would have to pay more to advertise that we're in Walmart or whatever, and so we're giving you a better deal. Which, whether it's true or not, I don't really care. It's a good product. So yeah, no, it's great. Um, so this this is the list of the pros that I made as as I kind of went through these for the pellet grills, and we've talked about like the ease of function. One, it is set in forget it functionality. I think I told the story about Barry when he brought pulled pork and like he was the reason i wanted a pellet grill Mm. um he was like yeah i just started the grill before i went to work and like off i went like after my hellacious night with the brinkman of trying to balance temperatures (laughs) like the idea of just being able to flip the switch and walk away yeah and you're right it's great like Haley can put on a piece of meat like I'll prep it the night before and she puts it out and you come home and you have a fantastic meal that, Mm -hmm. um, not that she couldn't, but Haley has no desire to go out and manage a fire and and start a fire and build it. And yeah, she's got, absolutely. She's got kids that she's chasing around. I was going to say she's got plenty to do besides that. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so that, that aspect of it makes it super easy. You know, the early ones, like my Traeger Jr., I put a new controller in it not long after I got it, but, I mean, they were super basic. It started out, they call them LMH controllers for a low, medium, and high, mm-hmm. and, like, each setting, like, more or less corresponded to a, a range of temperatures. Mm-hmm. They've got them super dialed in now to yeah. where you can set it exactly where you want it, and, I mean, we just had a blizzard blow through here a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. My Traeger ran all the way through it and was never more than like 10 degrees off. No issues. So they they are really solid. Um, and then pellets. Pellets are super accessible. Like, mm-hmm. you know, offset smokers, you know, or they, or they call them stick burners a lot of times. Yeah. Like, it is not always as easy as you would think to find cured dried ready to go pecan wood or cherry wood or apple wood yeah that's what i'm starting to look at where i'm trying to like make this one of my dad's ready to go 
Like, it's hard to find. It's hard to find that wood. I've got a place in Salt Lake. All right. I mean, it's a drive, but you can... For wood, I will... Absolutely. Yeah, it's a... It's a it's a pretty sweet place, and they their prices are pretty decent. Hmm. So noted. Yeah. Um, but pellets are available in a ton of varieties, mm-hmm. and they're everywhere. I mean, even the grocery stores have them now. Yeah. Um, I mean, I got into pellet grills, you know, ten years ago. It wasn't super popular, so. There were a couple of spots in town, like the sporting goods stores all had them, but they were okay. 20 bucks a bag. Yeah. Um, I'm, I actually got set up as a distributor for a company called Lumberjack Pellets. They're out of Hayward, Wisconsin, but, you know, my dad and I sell those now, and um, that's uh, apparently Siri or something around here just... That was bizarre. ...decided it was... It was going to go. Um, but I, my dad's got, I think we've got 12 different varieties of pellets in, yeah. in his garage. And it's, you know, we sell them for 11, 12 bucks a bag that it's super cheap. It's super affordable. And the best thing about those pellets is they are so consistent in the way they burn. Yeah. And that's part of what makes the pellet grills work is that the fuel is very consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they take native wood, they grind it down into dust and then use pressure and a little bit of moisture to, to make these pellets that it's, you know, almost looks like little rabbit turds of, yeah. of wood, but because they're compressed and consistent, they, you can run them through these grills and, and they burn without issue. Mm-hmm. Well, now back up and think about a stick burner. You know, the guys that have been doing it for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I say guys, gals too. I, oh, yeah. We were just talking. I was just texting you last night about yeah, Tootsie. Tootsie. Yeah, yeah, Miss Tootsie at Snow's Barbecue in, um, down in Texas. You want to talk about a barbecue hero? Miss Tootsie is definitely one yeah, of my barbecue she heroes. She knows her stuff. Um, and her story is absolutely fascinating. Yeah, it's so cool. Um, but they can pick up a log and just be like, uh, based on the weight of it and the shape of it, like they know the moisture content, they know how that piece of wood's going to burn. Yeah. Like it is an art that you have to understand. Mm-hmm. And whether it's going to be a fast burn, a slow burn, when to use that in the cook, like, man, I just take the 20-pound bag and I cut the corner off of it and dump it in right. my hopper. dump it in and it will feed as needed. Yep. And yeah. you can change flavors fast and all of these things that just make a pellet grill super consistent, um, really easy to use. Mm-hmm. And you can achieve a lot of fa- flavors because the pellets are, are available so readily. Yeah. So, um, I guess... I could really only come up with two drawbacks mm-hmm. to the pellet grill. And, you know, maybe a third is some people say that because you're using pellets, the smoke flavor isn't as strong Yeah, as something that's just, you know, a stick burner would be. Yeah. I would argue that a lot of that has to do with which pellets you're using. Oh, okay. And I won't go down that whole rabbit hole, but mm-hmm. 
there are lots of different ways to make pellets um, and whether or not you include the bark or you don't include the bark and how mm. much of the bark you include. Um, oh. Yeah, you obviously you want to get the dirt and the crud off of the bark, but the bark's actually where the flavor comes from. It's it's That's where the oils are oh. in the wood, so you've got to include some of that. Does Lumberjack use the bark? Uh, they do. Oh. Yeah, they use the bark, and then the other piece of it is Traeger actually. All right, we're going to... Yeah, we've got a we've got a, a couple of minutes before we make this like too boringly long that nobody's <laughs> going to want to stick around to it. Yeah. Um Traeger got into trouble a couple of years ago. They have since changed their manufacturing process. Um but they were taking bark, extracting the oils, which is where the flavor comes from, mm-hmm. and then they were just using I think it was a birch alder base. For all their pellets. Oh, and then putting the oils on And then on putting it. the oils on. Oh. Okay. So, a bunch of people made a big fuss about this. Some guy in California had way too much time on his hand. Always and, somebody in California. Okay. You said it, not me. Um, like, went through and did the chemical testing. He's like, that's not true apple wood. Hmm. Um, wow. But just like I was talking about a minute ago, like... Different woods burn differently, right? Based right. on how dense they are, how much moisture, all of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, birch and alder tend tend to be a very consistent wood in mm-hmm. the way that the wood grows and is. So it burns very consistently. It makes your your smoker run better. So that was the plan. Yeah, keep it consistent, but also have those other yeah. flavors. Lumberjack um, mixes their woods. But they use red oak that's had the bark stripped off of it, stripped the bark off of it. You take away a lot of the flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, they use red oak in a lot of their stuff because it's a very dense, hot burning wood. So you use less fuel when you've got a red oak base than you do if you were just to burn straight apple, yeah. which is a very fast burning wood. Mm. So, um, anyways. We go. We could go real deep on pellet science if you want to. I feel to like we've that. gone deep on the pellet we're, science. We're just scratching the surface, <laughs> my friend. Um, but yeah, so there... Because of that process, I don't know that the flavor is as strong as a true stick burner would be. Yeah. But I think there's still plenty of flavor that you can get off of it. Mm-hmm. So the other drawbacks is... You do need power for these things, like they've got electric motors and fans and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a little bit harder to get off the grid. Yeah. Not as hard as it used to be because you've got battery packs and yeah, stuff. Yeah, we like. used a generator for years earlier this year, didn't we? Uh, oh, no, they had power. But we could have used a generator. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when we were up, up at, at the, the camp. camp. Yeah. Yeah, we, yeah, they did have power available, but we were ready to... Ready to run it off we a generator. You can run them off of these goal zero, like, power stations. Oh. I don't know if you've seen those. They're, like, giant uh-huh. battery packs. Oh, really? That'll run, like, they'll run a Traeger for nine, ten hours. They don't take a ton of power. Uh-huh. Um, but you've got to have some, some juice to get it going. I will say one of the frust- most frustrating things that has ever happened to me my brother and I, we were going on a family trip. My brother and I were like, well, we'll smoke a pork butt overnight. We'll take it with us. We'll shred it when we get there, and that's what we'll eat. 
Oh, and the power um, went out. Yeah, that night. the I power just flickered for a second, and it shut off my grill. And I, this was my first overnight cook, so I wasn't even. I was just so excited that I didn't have to stay up and tend to fire. So I didn't even see it until 6 a.m. the next morning, and it had been off for, you know, six or seven hours at that point. So, um, anyway, beware of that. With, but I mean, how often is that really going to be an issue? But yeah, I now set an alarm to check on it every once in a while if I'm doing an overnight cook. Yeah, um, and then I think the the only other drawback, like there's some stigma in the crowds, like you get the stick burner guys that are like, oh. It's not a real. It's not a real smoker. If you've yeah. got to plug it in, mm-hmm. I don't care. Yeah, it's delicious. I, I still way. eat pulled pork when I get home from work, and I don't have to sit by the fire all day. I yeah. can still go do my job. And, Absolutely. So, um, I'm a pellet grill guy. I desperately want an offset someday, and when I'm old and I can retire and sit by a buy an offset for hours and just hang out like mm-hmm. i'll be there but for right now this the pellet grill is the answer for me the convenience outweighs everything right now i feel like with our families and cooking for yeah. them and all that stuff so yeah. faux show okay well i think that's a wrap for this episode yeah um we're gonna do another one quick though and i think we're, you're gonna talk drums and you're going to tell us about your dad's offset too yeah so i am still incredibly jealous about this offset i'm loving it i'm gonna be honest i mean we're still in the building phase but it's pretty awesome so yeah i'm excited i'm excited to hear about that and hope everyone tunes back in joins us and we'll we'll talk about that real quick yeah soon like subscribe all the things all the red buttons click on them yep click them Just like Tommy Lee Jones said, remember the little red button? (laughs) Push the little red button. (laughs) All right, guys. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Fat Guys with Smokers podcast. Be sure to check us out on Instagram and Facebook. Leave us a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Be sure to subscribe so you don't forget to tune in for even more nonsense from a couple of Fat Guys with Smokers. Don't forget to like, subscribe.